Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Charge! Hey, welcome everybody. You are listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And yep, it's Thursday. So... I'm not alone. It's Nando Thursday. Nando DeFino. Yeah. Yeah, there you are. Get excited, Al. I am excited. Oh, it's not just, I'm sorry, it's Nando and someone else Thursday. Well, yeah, but I mean, I could have just ended it right there because, (laughs) you know, I said I'm not alone. It's extra special. There's going to be somebody here. You are here. Uh, But I think it's a first for us, Nando, because we're going to have a guest. I think, did we have Uh, Scott White for a little while once? Ah, you're right. You're right. We did. But it wasn't, a, um, it wasn't scheduled. I think we just called him, didn't we? I thought it was scheduled. I don't know. Eh, My memory's terrible. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, no, we've got Alan Jager of Jager Sports joining us. Uh, he's been on the show before. You've been on the show before. But never in the history of the Fantasy Baseball Hour have the two of you been on the show at the same time. It's pretty amazing, right? I think so. I think so. And um, we're going to have some some cool discussions with Alan because uh, he's got a very different view on analytics than I do. And I think than most people that have been on the show have. So it's going to be pretty cool to get that different point of view. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, the upcoming draft, not so much the players that are, are going to be uh, you know taken early in the draft, but uh, I'll, I'll leave it to him. He's got an interesting angle on that, too. And he's worked with a bunch of guys. Um, he's worked with Trevor Bauer, Lucas Giolito. Uh, pick his brain on on some of those those folks as well. So um, got some interesting news today. Uh, Ichiro moving on to a new role with the Mariners. Uh, Jacob deGrom, not nearly as bad as uh, we thought the news, or at least as bad as I thought the news was going to be. Uh, being a little naive there, <laughs> Al, maybe. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I am. Okay. <laughs> Who's going like to be in the commercial? Here, okay. Yeah. It's like it's 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 like that commercial with the gullible mummy. Have you seen that one? No. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm a gullible guy. You know, they put me in the box, so they said, "We'll let you right out." Five thousand years later, you know, that's that's me. <laughs> that, it sounds like a Geico commercial. <laughs> I th- uh, no, I don't think it is. I'm okay. trying to think what it is, but I don't think it's Geico. But it does sound like a Geico commercial. It does. It's not. Um. We've got two star pitchers to talk about. We're going to have maybe a strawman argument. Oh, I'd like ha ha He's back. <laughs> I never left, Nando. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, before we get on to all the, the news, did you read the thing on fangraphs from a day or two ago? Travis saw a chick writing about Adam Adovino and how he completely revived his career this offseason. Um no. I've well, had a busy week, Al. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've been sitting around. Um, <laughs> oh, 
Okay, Al, my bad. We're all very busy people. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, I just, uh, I, you know, I, I put a tweet out. I just read it this morning. It's been out for a little while, and I, I read it this morning, uh, kind of warming my brain up uh, before getting ready for the show and writing my waiver wire piece this morning. And uh, it, it's, a, it's not a long piece at all, but it's really cool. But basically, the gist of it is that he was able to get a hold of some uh, property in New York, basically just a long, skinny, um, like commercial property that was vacant and set it up as a, as his pitching studio. And it's, it's pretty, pretty wild story, but it's, it's how he like worked on becoming the guy that he's been so far this season, which is pretty amazing. That is pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, so definitely check that out, but uh, you know, let's uh, get on with the, all the, the news and, and normal nonsense that we, uh, we talk about here. All right. So, uh, Mickey Calloway says that the MRI did not show anything wrong with Jacob deGrom. Uh, this is being reported uh, by The Athletic. And uh, he's going to resume playing catch tomorrow and hopefully make his next start. I'm not going to say he's going to because I don't want to be naive or gullible like the mummy. But um, he's going he's gonna to give it a try. Uh, so you're, what, what are you putting the odds on Jacob deGrom making his next start? No, zero uh, percent chance. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. The odds on him making his next start scheduled zero percent chance. Yeah, would, no, that yeah, that, yeah. That, that was a question. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, these guys they lie all the time. The teams lie. They're going to protect the player. Why would they say yeah? It's it's looking bad. Well, and there was a, a report earlier this morning that said he was going to be out. I think for a month. So it is a little curious, isn't it? Yeah, that he was. I don't know where that you know that information came from and what was different, but it is a little weird. Well, I would believe we do. I think you know the inside injuries people, and we have them on the show as a bunch because they're good. Um, and the do- Dr. A there uh, has, has, I think he's put it on like two to four weeks at least, if they're telling the mm-hmm. truth about what the injury is and stuff like that. Um, I trust him more than Mickey Calloway, the coach for the organization that pays all of them, saying he'll make his next start. Well, and the, the Mets have, you know, been inaccurate before. If, if, and I said my memory's not good, but I think I do remember that. Well, they've been through it with all these pitchers. And I actually, you're right. I don't know if they've lied, but wasn't there some Syndergaard thing? Or no, that, I'm sorry. That was them letting Syndergaard pitch through the pain or Harvey pitch through the pain. Yeah, it all, it's all a blur at this Yeah, point. it is a blur. Anyway, they, they'll find a way to – I would trust science over uh, the Mets, basically. Okay, that sounds like a fair bet. That, that definitely sounds like a fair bet. Can you hear – does uh, everyone hear Florio? Or did he just tell us that in our ears? Oh. He was just telling that he said Syndergaard didn't get an MRI. He refused to get one, and the Mets let him get away with it. Oh, I do remember that. Yes. Now. Although I could have easily thought that that was Matt Harvey, if, right? Uh, <laughs> if Mike wasn't reminding us. Uh, <laughs> Good old Florian. And it's not it's not going so well for the Mets right now, which is probably why Mike is occupying himself with other you know other tasks because they're they're getting no hit by Julio Tehran. Wow. And remember how Jason Vargas, like he had a great start to the season last year, looked like he was, you know, having a, a you know, latish career breakout and then, you know, kind of regressed back to where he's, you know, he's been all his career. He started this one and he is not off to a great start this year. Well, and definitely not in this game. Left in the fifth, fifth inning, having given up six hits on 11 runs, including three homers. Six I mean, runs on 11 hits, I mean. I've never been a Jason Vargas rooter, uh, mm-hmm. so this comes as no surprise to me. You're like the, the like the jaded old man. Today. No, I just like stri- I like strikeouts, Al. I'm sorry. Like at least 
because if you get blown up and you still get strikeouts, like the um the kid on San Diego, uh, Eric Lauer, right? Uh huh. He's gonna like yeah, he's gotten hit a little bit, but it's encouraging to see him still striking people out. So I'm okay with that. Like if you're gonna give up six runs and five innings, if you strike out five, at least there's some good that I can take out of that. Jason Vargas is gonna strike out two and in five innings and still give up six runs and. I don't know. I, I, I just don't gravitate towards those kind of pitchers. Yeah, well, I mean, missing bats goes a long way towards avoiding base runners. So um, You can also get torched, you know, make, though, and walks and home runs. Right, right. Well, and, and I, you know, that's been a – seems like it's been a, a theme I've talked a lot about on the show the past week or so. Um, and back on – I'm trying to remember what day it was. Monday, I had Trevor May on the show and asked him about this, this very thing because he sort of profiles – that way, or at least he, you know, he did before having Tommy John surgery, and he gave this great explanation of of why that is. That a lot of maybe not a lot, but a certain segment of strikeout pitchers are really kind of all or nothing guys statistically, sort of like hitters. He didn't make this analogy. I'm making it now. You know that you know you have all or nothing hitters who, uh, you know, strike out a lot, but also hit a lot of homers. Yeah, which is the modern day game. It's like how football has turned into a passing game. You know, it's just how it is now. Uh, yeah, well, definitely. Or no, yeah, bad, bad analogy? Sorry. It is? No. He paused. <laughs> it implies doubt. Uh, I, no, I, I, I paused because uh, we have a message, I think, from, from Florio here that says that Ryan from St. Louis has a question for us. Oh, we got a call, Al. Congratulations. That's it's the first Guys, one. Guys, what is up? What's up, Ryan? Ryan? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, it's Ryan. It's uh, Ryan McGarry. I'm a huge fan of both of you, obviously. Oh, yeah, right. You're the, uh, no, we know you. You're the Jake Seeley guy. Don't worry about it. You can no, still. I'm, I'm, we're second I'm tier. BFS guy. We're second tier. We get I'm, it. No, no, no. BFS is number one, and then you guys, then Jake. He's, <laughs> you know, he, he's, he's around. Hey, uh, but I don't have a baseball question. I just want to know, as you're going to of the story, that Nando and uh, I think it was Frank FaceTimed with Jay. How did this come about? I knew, I <laughs> Brian. I knew this is where you were going. So your timing is perfect on Nando Thursday. <laughs> Look, you're, you're like you're laser focused on getting the you know the latest intel on my horse. We want the and, whole story. We don't just want snippets. And, you know, and our our guest later today, Alan Jager. I, I talked to him yesterday. The first thing he asked me, "How's your horse?" So everybody wants See, to know. I, we, we want to know how did the, how did the FaceTime come about? It's, just, we, that's what everybody wants to know. We're now. All right. Well, uh, yeah. No, I was uh, in town for Tout Wars, and Nando and I, and, and Mike Florio, right? And uh, I think Matt Medica. Yeah, Matt Medica was there. Frank was there. I think and, Frank was was yeah down. I think Sias was there. Everyone was downing yeah. their beers uh, at an arcade, which is the you know, first time I've been doing arcade since like the eighties. Oh, it was Barcade. Barcade. What's it's arcade is in the name. Right, that's true. But I just didn't want people to think we're at a mall hanging out and you know, with thirteen year olds. We're at a bar that's also an arcade. Yes. An arcade that's a bar, a bar that's an arcade. <laughs> and so I think, as I remember correctly, that my wife called me and she was at the barn. There's a little bit of a time difference. So it was you know earlier back here in Mountain Time and Al, she called and she was yeah. at, she was at Barncade. Huh? Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, continue. I'll stop. Oh, uh, no, don't, don't. So, yeah, so she's called for Barncade. Uh, and I know if we wanted to FaceTime with, with Jay, my horse, our horse. So, so we did. Well, Nando, what did you think of that? 
I thought it was great. It was awesome. Um, it, it feels like I, I so much regret for not having gone um, to meet the horses when they were in Miami and we were so close, you know, 20 miles away. <laughs> that it had to be just, you know, a Montana FaceTime. But it was great. All right, well, that's good. All right, well, I got to get back to work, but thank you guys for taking the call, and uh, I'll listen to the rest of the show later. All right, thanks, thanks, Ryan. We won't tell Jake that he's number three. Okay, I guess we won't. Well, thank you for the call, Ryan. Uh, He's been kind of sort of, you know, threatening to do that for a while, so. That's awesome. Made made good on it. Well, people want to know. They do, and and we we provided the uh, the info right here. (laughs) Yes. Uh, people definitely want to know that much more than Josh Donaldson being activated. And uh, that game, uh, I think it's just started, actually. Blue Jays at Indians, Jaime Garcia and Carlos Carrasco. And Donaldson is playing third base and batting second. So that's good. Who got knocked out? Solarte? Oh, that's, you know, that's the important question. I think because I think Curiel's in there now. I think it's Gurriel's yeah, got that. Yeah, no, Diaz. Lednes Diaz. Yeah, Gurriel life. went over to short, and uh, Solarte at second. It's amazing. Well, I, I mean, I, I approve the move. I love it. That's who, that's who I would want to take out. Yeah. Even, if, you know, even at the expense of some of my fantasy teams. <laughs> that's very selfless of you. <laughs> it's how I roll. Melchior the Merciful. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, and Hunjin Ryu went on the DL. And just two days ago, Matt Modica was on the show because it's Tuesdays with Modica every week. And Matt Modica's on the show saying, well, Ryu would be great to have on your fantasy team as long as he stays healthy. But instead, he's got a left groin strain that's going to put him out uh, maybe until the second half of the season. Oh. Yeah. That's you know what? what I say. I'm guessing this is going to be Walker Bueller. But... um. Manny Banuelos has been pretty awesome this year. High strikeout rate, low ratios, um, over five games. Just something to consider. I mean, I don't think there's any room for him right now, but, you know, he's starting again, and he's been really good. And at one time, he was a top prospect, and he's still only 27 years old. So, Yeah, that's amazing that he's only 27 years old. Right? I was like, Jason Hayward's 28. Pro- How old is Profar, 26? 27? Uh, he might be 25, though. Oh, my God. Hold on, I'm I'm am t- typing. I'm looking it up on Baseball Reference. <laughs> all right, well, Profile's while you 25, look... just turned 25 two months ago. All right, well, I guess you know, so much for my point. I thought he was the same age as Banuelos, but even even younger. Exactly, and that's yeah, that's the point. Seems like he's. If you think he's 27, you think he actually seems like he's 29, but he's actually 25. <laughs> there you go. You're profiling someone. <laughs> Yes. Steven Seuss is back. Yes, he's back. Uh, that game starts in Phoenix in about 20 minutes. Uh, Diamondbacks hosting the aforementioned, uh, aforementioned Dodgers, Alex Wood and Patrick Corbin. That's a good one. And Seuss is batting fifth and in right field. Nice. Nice. You're, you're starting center fielder for the Dodgers today against the lefty Corbin. Any guesses? No. It's, I, not, I, Ban, it's, it's not Ben Willis. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say Benuelos. <laughs> no, it sounds like too tricky of a question for me to answer. Tim Lo Castro. Okay. Want to give a projection? Oh, uh, one for three with a walk and two strikeouts. 
Oh, no, it was more like two, 265. With, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mid-teens power. I think he's going to hit about 265, uh, maybe good for <laughs> four to five home runs. I guess he'll get some steals, Al. You know, he's really good in points leagues where he'll get maybe 20 to 25 doubles. Uh, <laughs> how's that? <laughs> Perfect. Spot on. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Jordan Montgomery could be out for about two months uh, with his flexor strain, and he is definitely shut down from throwing – for two to three weeks, so um, Domingo Herman is awesome. Yeah, prob- probably Herman. I, I, I would say I think that that's definite. But have you? Is it? Oh no! I, I mean, like he's so good. I don't see why you just won't let him start games and be a normal pitcher. Well, I think he will be. Uh, I, I talked about this at great length on yesterday's show, and I mean they have a, a cast of thousands that are, you know, potential candidates. But he was also singled out among that cast of thousands as the most likely. Al, to, uh, uh, replace Montgomery. I'm sorry to take us back a couple guys, but Tim Locastro, I think, is better than 265. Now that I'm looking at his numbers here, he's got great speed, uh, developing, quote-unquote, developing power, maybe, I'm guessing. But 295 career batting average in the minors. Wow. Okay, well, you know, we can revise our projections on the fly here. 285. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> All right, well, we are going to head into break, but on the other side of it, Alan Jager is going to join us. It is going to be simply great. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. It's also Nando Thursday, so my co-host for the day and every Thursday, Nando DeFino, is here. Glad to be and, here. And we're glad to have you, Nando. And we're going to be uh, joined in the booth here, so to speak, even though we're, you know, I'm pulled back the curtain and actually revealing we're in three separate locations. <laughs> but uh, joining us uh, from Jager Sports is Alan Jager. Uh, Alan, do we have you on the show? It's, is uh, you, sh- you sure do, man. We, Thanks we for having do. me on, brother. <laughs> oh, my God. My pleasure. It's been a while. I think uh, probably about 11 months because last time I remember having you on the show was right around the time of the 2017 uh, draft, uh, MLB draft. And that's uh, here we are you know, coming almost full circle again. But for, for those who may not be familiar, Alan, uh, you are the proprietor of Jager Sports. Uh, you work with athletes on uh, arm health, arm strength, and mental training. And, uh, you know, certainly, Alan, uh, you know, my familiarity with you uh, is with your work with pitchers. But uh, what other sorts of athletes uh, do you work with at Jager Sports? You know what, going back, uh, and again, thanks for having me on, man. I, I, this is a treat. So, um, you know, 
when I first started out and really, um, I didn't want to be limited, <clears throat> even though I was a, a pitching coach at the time at a junior college and baseball was really my forte, but, you know, I have a background in golf and tennis and other sports. So I, I did work with athletes in other sports, um, but, uh, eventually just because of our involvement in the baseball community and to some degree in the softball community, um, it's just really where the majority of my time has been spent, um, you know, as far as mental training and consulting. All right. All right. Because again, not, not just uh, not just baseball, that that's uh, you know certainly what our, our focus is here. And you've worked with a lot of uh, a lot of pitchers uh, who are currently in the majors. Uh, reeled off a few names earlier in the show. Uh, Trevor Bauer, who a few years back, I think really sort of became synonymous with long toss. I don't know if you feel like that's that's fair to say. Um, yes. But uh, <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> uh, but another one. The pitchers that, that uh, you've worked with is Lucas Giolito. Um, went to high school at uh, Harvard Westlake, right? Uh, yes. So yes. You're, you're in Southern California there, and he had a really good start uh, yesterday uh, against the Cardinals, and he's just been a, an interesting and for, from fancy a fancy perspective a frustrating pitcher for most of this year. But uh, through the pitch, uh, through his pitches, a bunch in the zone against the Cardinals. Um, so what do you see for Giolito? Uh, you know, over the the year or you know maybe over the next few years as he's really he's been a hard pitcher for us to peg because again he's had these control issues but he's had these moments of brilliance as well yeah I think you know when I think of any of the young pitchers over the years um and you guys know this as well as anybody in the world you're in but you know the reality of it is it takes a while I mean yeah some guys pop quickly uh Kershaw uh, I'm sure when Pedro Martinez first came up um, you know, but for, I think most pitchers, as most players, as you guys know, uh, there's just a learning curve, um, and it just takes a little while to settle in. And so some guys settle in faster than others. Um, so hopefully with Lucas, you know, I mean, if you think about it, he, he's really not that far removed from high school. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't go to college. And uh, this is really this is his first year he's broken camp with a major league team, uh, which, you know, that alone is a huge deal. So it's a process, you know, obviously he went through Tommy John, um, you know, that, that's a process. Um, but I just think, as you guys know, at some point, these kids, you know, Tyler Skaggs is a great example. Um, you know, Tyler's also was a very high pick, as you know, and he's, he's fermented, so to speak. You know, I got to see him right before he left for spring training and I saw one of his last pens and, uh, you can just see the, the years of this and that. <laughs> it's just—it's like a soup. It just takes a little while to get it quite right. Um, um, but the idea is that as these things start to ferment, they're, they're fermenting for good. So hopefully, Lucas is—you um, know—getting there so- sooner than later. Yeah, well, that would be a, an awfully nice trajectory for uh, Lucas Chialito to be uh, in the near future, where Tyler Skaggs has been so far this year. And as you say, uh, not too far removed from his own Tommy John surgery. Uh, yeah. Max Fried is somebody else that you've worked with, has uh, recently come up with the Braves and, and pitched some long relief. Um, and also somebody, too, who's had his, his on and off struggles with control. But uh, how, do, how are you liking his progression so far? Yeah, I think Max is a, another. <laughs> it, it, just hit repeat on what I, you know, I started to said about <laughs> Lucas. I mean, you know, same thing with Max. You know, it's it's a process. He's still a young kid like Lucas, um, but I also saw them in the off season. And, and Max, he's just got he's electric. And I think uh, once he just starts to again, I, I don't know why I'm using the word ferment today. I don't even drink coffee, but you know, again. <laughs> 
I guess, you know, once he kind of ferments, um, I, I think he's – I don't know what he's going to end up doing, whether he's going to be a starter or, or a late-inning guy, but he, he has an electric arm too. And uh, uh, I, I just think that Max is uh, – he's a competitor like Lucas. These guys, by the way, Lucas and and Max, and I'll throw another guy. It's funny, another Harvard-Westlake guy. Just, you made me think of Jack Flaherty. Um, you know, these guys are competitors. They're, they're, they're competitors. <clears throat> so – I love Max, and I and I and I think uh, you know, he's got a chance to to be a really electric. Too. Now I I was trying to do some dot connecting because there's a piece on Fangraphs about two days ago. Uh, I think it was David a David Lorela interview where he uh, got Max Free to talk about his uh, practice of meditation to help him this off season. Uh, and I know that that's something that, you know, you, you've helped a lot of players uh, build a practice in. Was that something that Max Fried uh, was doing way back when he, when he was working with you? We did. <clears throat> yes, we did. Uh, I actually did some private with Max and Lucas. We did a lot of yoga, um, decent amount of yoga. And then we, I'm heavy into meditation, so anytime I do a yoga workout, there's going to be meditation involved. Um, so these kids get exposed to it, and it, and again, it's funny. <laughs> I'm going to go back to something I said earlier, but it's all part of this figuring out process. So you can introduce, <clears throat> you know, yoga to somebody at a young age or meditation at a young age, and they may get it, and they may get some benefits. And, and sometimes, just like the maturity process of what they're going through right now to be a big leaguer, uh, it just takes a little while to sink in and and you know or to to apply it a certain way. So, <clears throat> again, I think with these guys, uh, as they're maturing and figuring things out and starting to see the world, you know, from a different set of eyes, they're realizing now how, how mental a game is, even though they've already known it, but now they're living it. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like um, they're just way more receptive and may, way, way more interested. Um, and I know Max got involved with uh, a program, I think, that has to do with um, – uh, maybe some something that you get hooked up to a system. I, it's almost um, – I'm trying to think of what the name of it was, but he actually was telling me about it. It wasn't necessarily like anything that I taught him a meditation, so to speak. I think maybe I got him at a young age to be receptive to it, maybe uh, more than anything. But, uh, no, he got involved with um, – I, I can't think of what it is. But it, long story short is, is that he, he loves it, and he bought into it, and it's a part of his world, and I love it. Oh, a really, really neat story and a neat story as well. Uh, that was, uh, like I said, on, on Fangraphs just earlier this week. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I've been uh, mentioning, uh, you know, leading up to this uh, segment, Alan, that uh, I think you're going to offer us a little bit of a different view on analytics than people typically get on this show. Uh, but before I do, I, I want to uh, kind of bring this back to uh, the, the, fantasy, uh, the fantasy side of things. And Nando introduced me to a game a few months back uh, out of the park baseball mm-hmm. uh that he's a big fan of it's awesome and it's awesome alan it, it is well <laughs> it is it is really awesome and you know when i have people from the real baseball world on here i try to you know find a way to kind of connect these things up and so one thing that i've really wanted to ask ask you is you know we have our you know stats that we look at our analytics that we look at uh, to try to you know figure out who to put on a fantasy team or if you're playing something like out of the park you know it it you have a broader range of things you can pay attention to than just, you know, like strikeouts and walks, you know, fielding matters and all those kinds of things. So if we broaden it out even more, if you were to assemble a pitching staff in the real world, 
What are some of the things that you would look for in a player that we as fans or fantasy owners or sim game uh, players like Stratomatic or out of the park, what are some things that you would look for that we either wouldn't know to look for or we just might not even have the information available? Wow, what a great question. Uh, I I would say number one, body language. Um, It it sounds pretty straightforward, but uh, a lot of times if I'm at a field and I'm watching a pitcher, like let's say even with his pregame warm-up, one thing I always look for is is a guy long toss in pregame because it doesn't mean for sure he's going to have a great game. Um, but to me, a long toss guy tells me that he's getting freed up, he's getting opened up. Uh, there's a sense of relaxation about long toss. I think there's a form of mental training like meditation to long toss. It it frees you up to be more athletic and looser. So I look for that, number one, just uh, just as a personal note, just whether a guy's really stretching it out before the game, like Pedro or Felix, Martin, you know, Felix Hernandez or Kershaw, <clears throat> Bauer. Number two, um, I'm, I'm always looking at – you know, bilingual on the mound. Um, there's a, there's usually a sense of calmness, a sense of focus, a sense of intention. Um, players don't deviate from that a lot on a bad call. Um, the, I mean, that, that it's a, it, those are some of the subtle things that I would really look for is just body language and, and kind of a, you know, a vibe, you know, what's their vibe like? Is it consistent or is it inconsistent? And, um, you know, and then obviously I would just I, I would do my homework on the players, which you guys already do, and just to just to look at their you know strikeouts per versus walks per nine innings and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I think and, and also I, maybe I'd go like onto YouTube and look for some interviews and, and just hear if they talk more about process oriented things. You know, more about you know how they just they're really committed to now and really committed to just getting better, and, and instead of talking about a lot of drama about this happen or that happen or if I do this or if I do that. So, you know, I, I really think in a funny kind of way, I've never thought about it, but I, you know, I think if you YouTube some interviews um, or, or, you know, obviously you can find some interviews in writing through links, but I would listen to what they're saying and how they're saying it. You know, it's interesting what came to mind as you were saying that, Alan. Uh, a few years back, I was uh, had the opportunity to uh, talk to Sean Newcomb when he was pitching mm-hmm. at the Futures game. And the thing I wanted to ask about, because he had these sky-high walk rates in the minor leagues, is what are you doing to address uh, uh, your, your control? And he said, oh, you know, nothing really. It doesn't, you know, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> and that right. always biased me against him in fantasy. But maybe I took the long, wrong lesson from that. Maybe I should pay more attention to the, to the confidence than to the content of what he was saying. That's a, that's a genius observation, because sometimes... <laughs> you do look at numbers and, and that goes kind of into our analytics bridge, but you do look at numbers and you're kind of like, you know, and, and look, numbers don't lie either to, you know, to a, a strong degree. Of that. I don't say a strong degree, but let's say numbers can definitely tell a lot of truth. Um, but again, if you, like you said, that goes to sort of what I was saying. If you really listen to the content and the body language and the words he's using, um, I mean, look, guys can talk very confidently because maybe they're a little insecure, or maybe they're not doing as well, and they're trying to build themselves up too, right? But if you really detect that he was really like, it, it doesn't matter, I'm going to be fine, and it's just, I, you know, because maybe an A-ball coach was having him use a different grip on his changeup, or he's trying to throw a two-seam fastball instead of a four-seam fastball. And this can derail, you know, a pitcher for a year or two, honestly, until they sort of start to figure out, like, Okay, like I've had pitchers before, um, big long task guys, free and easy, athletic, explosive, dominant, get drafted by an organization that takes away their long toss, and all of a sudden they're different guys. Uh, their velos down, their walks are up, 
they're 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 much uh, tighter, more rigid. Um, and then they go back to long toss because after a couple of years of that, they realize something's um, incredibly wrong, um, and they're a brand new guy. Um, so yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's a tricky it's a tricky deal. But I personally would really look for um, videos and interviews. I'd really like to hear how their mental approach is because I feel like at the end of the day, their mental approach is going to dictate their future uh, more than anything. Well. Um... I think this this leads us to something you you told me you wanted to talk about, and you said that you wanted to talk about this upcoming draft uh, in early June, and and how it, it might be a a dangerous thing for for certain pitchers. And you know, I have to admit that that doesn't really entirely compute for me. So, what exactly do you mean for that? Mean by that that the the draft could be dangerous to to uh, a pitcher's arm? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I've been preaching this for a really long time. Um, you know, it goes back to 1997 or 1998, I can't remember, but if you look up Nick Beerbrot's first post-year draft spring training, it's that year. <laughs> but I went to spring training, and uh, uh, that was the first time I, I became aware at spring training that these organizations have uh, throwing programs that cap uh, at a certain distance. In this case, it's 120 feet, which is basically in total alignment with the rehabilitation program distance. And there's not a coincidence there, by the way. That's for another day. But mm-hmm. the bottom line is is that I grew up throwing. There was no throwing program. You just threw If you had a strong arm, you threw it farther um, and longer and harder. And it's just what you did. You threw. And you didn't think you threw anything. You threw footballs. It didn't matter. Uh, and I really believe the best arms in the world um, – uh, people that grow up throwing, you look at the Dominican, for instance, you know, what is it, uh, 8% of the rosters of all Major League Baseball is from the Dominican, and the minor leagues, it was like 15%. I mean, it's not an accident. Uh, they grow up, they love throwing, they throw all the time, and I've had many people tell me that. So uh, the, back to your question, in a nutshell, is that if you come out of a, a program like Oregon State or Vanderbilt or UCLA or TCU or North Carolina, I can go all around the country and name probably 40 of the top Division One programs where you long toss um, for the most part and you love long tossing and you love throwing a lot and you get drafted by an organization that is really the polar opposite. Um, they believe in uh, really monitoring workload, high degree of conservatism, uh, counting not just your pitches, but counting your throws. Anyway, if you get drafted by a team that mandates this, by the way, it's not negotiable with some organizations. Now, there's plenty of organizations that are great, but there's a a number of organizations that are extremely concerning to the point. I've told agents and players and family members uh, to not sign at all costs with those organizations. Go to college if you have that option. If you're a junior in college, uh, go back to school because is it worth being in a sling a month into being drafted, even with money in the bank, um, if your ultimate goal is to play the game you love and, and, and hopefully have many years at the major league level. So the danger is um, not doing your homework and not being aware that there are organizations out there that are going to literally force you into their program against your will. And that, to me, is dangerous. And I've had plenty, I've had 20-plus years of experience of seeing the contrast of a really well-conditioned arm get what I call deconditioned um, and it happens fast. It can happen in three, two to three weeks in spring training. Wow. Um, and then you're really setting up, if, if that happens in spring training and you get really deconditioned, uh, you are asking for deep trouble going into the season. 
Wow. Well, uh, Alan, I w- wish we could hear more about that. And plus, I wanted to talk to you about analytics and have you bring a different perspective on that. And, and But there was just way too much good stuff there. So, <laughs> no uh, problem. I, I really, really thank you for taking the time, Alan, and uh, wish you the best. Yeah, Alan and Neto and you guys, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. All right. Our pleasure. So uh, we'll have to break, and we'll be right back in just a couple. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everybody. This is Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. It's Nando Thursday. Yes, it is. <laughs> Nando, you got to give your your uh, voice a rest there. Well, <laughs> <That> last one. <laughs> I was so excited to talk to Alan. He just hogged the whole thing, Al. It kind of hurt. This is probably the uh, last Nando Thursday. Oh, man. <laughs> That's terrible. You know what I did want to know, though, and I want to ask him. Maybe next time you talk to him, you can ask him. Um, yeah. So, like, if Lucas Giolito is like, listen, this guy's awesome, to, like, James Shields, and Shields like, all right, let me try him. Is this something that'll take, like, would Alan be like, no, 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 we can't do this in the middle of the season. This has to be a thing that we start in, like, October. And then going into next season, you know, you'll find a total change. Or is it something where he can be like, all right, uh, let's start tomorrow. And in, like, a month, you know what I mean? Like, is he, yeah. is he, oh, is he no. fixed? That's a really great question. <laughs> That's a really great question. <laughs> well, write it down for uh, next time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, definitely. And like I said, there was a whole analytics thing that uh, I wanted to get get him talking about, and uh, didn't even get to that. So we got like a whole a whole Alan Jager show that we can do. We'll tell you what. Uh, I, I will. I will gladly for the audience give the next Nando Thursday to Alan Jager, and then I could just do a Nando Friday. Oh, Nando. Okay. It's I, th- a, I, think a, we could I would do love that. to do that. We could we could work this out one way or another. So, uh, but I do want to we'll submit get- three questions. Uh, that more than fair. All right. More than fair. <laughs> All right, deal. Five if you want. Uh, so good, the good deal there. And, and uh, thanks to Alan Jager for taking the time to, to join us and uh, some really cool stuff there. Uh, so uh, got some news items to to uh, update you on. Uh, Two star pitchers, and you know, frankly, there's not that much to talk about. With regard to two-star pitchers, but there are a few interesting start-sit dilemmas that you might be facing. We'll talk about uh, and a, just a handful of performances from uh, from Wednesday to get to. But before we do get to any of, uh, about that, just a, a quick note here about Daily Roto. You've certainly heard about the DailyRoto.com dollar month here on the network, but I wanted to put it in context for you. Let's say you buy a lottery ticket. You pay a dollar, pick a bunch of numbers, and that's it. Then you cl- clutch the ticket, and you hope... You wait on that. Now, let's say you try DailyRoad.com dollar month. You pay your dollar. You get access for 30 days, and you are transported into a world that's produced five millionaires. Take destiny into your own hands. Go to DailyRoad.com and enter the code $1. That's all one word, O-N-E dollar. Uh, That's DailyRoad.com and enter that code $1. 
All right, Nando. So uh, just a few things I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, Ichiro is moving into a new role with the Mariners. Uh, so he is not going to be on the active roster for uh, the rest of the year, going to uh, move into a, a front office role with them. Although apparently the, the doors open for him maybe to play next year. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Yoan uh, Mankata's day-to-day with a tight left hamstring. And I'm going to double check here, but I think he is not in the no. He is not in the White Sox lineup tonight. Uh, Yalmer Sanchez at second base, and Matt Davidson at third. So a whole bunch of switcheroos here. Uh, Daniel Palka DH. Uh, Shohei Otana threw a light bullpen session on Wednesday. Uh, that's typical for him uh, to do four days before a start. So that could line him up to start this Sunday against the Mariners. But there's been no official uh, announcement as to uh, the Angels' rotation plans. Uh, speaking of Sunday, Andrew Miller could be back with the Indians off the DL on Sunday. And uh, let me see. I think that uh, – oh, I'm sorry. An, uh, Andrew McCutcheon uh, update here. Uh, he's uh, got an elbow contusion, had trouble straightening his arm out after he got hit by a pitch. Uh, but the team is hoping that he'll be okay after just taking a day off. But maybe um, – if I believe that, maybe I'm gullible. I don't know. And Mac <laughs> Williamson could maybe be back by Saturday. <laughs> the gullible mummy. So uh, that's right. That's me. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, let's just take a look at the, a few of the notable performances. I, I really I broke down a bunch of them yesterday on the show, Nando, because we had a whole bunch of day games just like we do today. Sure. Uh, so I already talked about the Mookie Betts three homer game. But Edwin Encarnacion, I missed that one somehow. I think he, during the show, he had already hit two of them. Uh, he finished with threes, now up to nine home runs, uh, but that was against the Rangers. So uh, it, it does seem like, I, I'm pretty sure he got off to a really horrible start last year. Uh, I mean, do you think the windows may be shut on trying to trade for Encarnacion at a discount right now? Or, you know, wait a day or two? Or do you think it's even a good idea uh, to just bank on the fact that he'll He'll get hot and stay hot. I think people are going to see him as streaky. Uh, at least in my mind, I see him as now kind of like a low average guy with a bunch of power. Um, although I might be wrong about that. I, I do remember, and I can't, we were talking about this yesterday on the, on the FST show. If it was Mickey Calloway or someone was asked about Edwin Encarnacion, and they basically just said, wait till it gets warm out. Dude plays well when it's warm. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. Hottest day of the year, and he went off. <laughs> so, um,. Yeah, uh, you know, I think you could still buy kind of low on him. I think people are smart enough now to know that a three homer game isn't going to be the norm, and it's not going to you know turn into a bunch of three homer games. They could be like, I'm going to take advantage of this three homer game and try and unload him right now for someone, and just assume that he's going to be crap the rest of the year. So in a way, I think you can buy yeah, low right. still on Edwin Canarsione after this game. That that makes a whole lot of sense. A little bit of a ninja move there. Yeah. Yes. Circular logic. <laughs> Yes. Uh, John Carlos Stanton also with a multiple home homer game, only two for him, uh, now up to seven on the season. But both of his home runs were off of Dallas Keuchel. I talked about Clayton Kershaw's home run problems on yesterday's show. Dallas Keuchel, it's, it's particularly concerning for him because the, the sinker is the thing for him. And uh, he's given up, I think, I want to say seven home runs. I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's it's more than usual. I'll put it that way. So any concern there for uh, for Dallas Keuchel? Um, probably not. I mean, if I'm going to give Encarnacion the pass on a three-homer game being kind of like uh, the exception to the rule, I think I could give the same thing to Keuchel, especially facing the Yankees. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's just John Carlos Stanton, you know? 
Yeah. Let me see yep. how many uh, home runs sees. It's actually eight. Eight home runs in 43 innings. That's very un-Dallas Keuchel-like. Um, he seems but, crafty enough to make the fixes. Yeah. I would think so. I, I would hope think so. so. And Bryce Harper, I, I do too. And I'll, I don't even own him this year. Last few years, I've owned him a whole bunch. Uh, Bryce Harper loves the leadoff spot. Hit his 10th home run yesterday. Also his second double. That's a funny ratio. 10 homers to, to two doubles. Uh, <laughs> yes, it Pirates. is. <laughs> in a three-hit game. Uh, James Paxton, 16 Ks. Didn't get the win, though. Uh, but a pretty dominant performance from him. Seven innings of of scoreless ball. Five hits and a walk uh, against the A's. And I've already given one Travis Sawchick shout-out uh, today for that uh, really cool Adam Adovino piece. Here's another. He tweeted out earlier today. Paxton's got the greatest fastball spin change, spin rate change since 2015. I think that's just when they started uh, keeping track of that since last year, he's added 341 RPM to his fastball spin. And just to put, put that in context, I talked about Verlander's increase in his spin rate on yesterday's show. And it was, I think less than 100 RPMs. <laughs> so that's pretty insane. That is, it's all that. It's the uh, pine tar, right? Must be. Now that was, uh, yeah, that uh, was Trevor Bauer. That was Trevor Bauer Should, saying that. Another question for Alan Jaker. All right? Uh, maybe we don't ask him that one. <laughs> I, I feel like in a way that would kind of uh, uh, mitigate the work that he's done with Trevor Bauer. <laughs> You're right. I keep that one to ourselves. <laughs> right. But no, I think it's pretty. I mean, Paxton uh, was supposed to be doing this for a long time. And he just kept getting hurt. And, you know, I think he's 27 too. Well. Maybe he's 27 20, or maybe 29. I'm going to. I'll find out. You keep reading news. 30. Oh. Okay. There's not that much left. The only two other players I wanted to talk about, like I said, this is a real short segment today. You Darvish, uh, not a good start. Three home runs given up uh, to the Rockies at Wrigley. Getting sick of him, I think, I, think the wind was, I think the wind was blowing out in that one. In or out, you're still you Darvish. He's, he's having a very disappointing year uh, for uh, several team names with Nando as part of it. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. No, it's all right. It happens. By the way, James Paxton, 29. Yeah. Okay, so you were, you were right on the second one. Yeah, there you go. Even if we're playing Price is Right rules, uh, you win that one. <laughs> 29 and a half. <laughs> He's $1 old. Nice. <laughs> uh, is Darvish sittable since you've got him in all your leagues? Yeah, you know what? I think he is. Um I'm okay with the depth that I have. I think I actually have Otani, who's on my bench right now, because I was worried about the the blister and him pitching and, and you know not getting a start this week. Um, if you you know some of that caliber, maybe a Tyler Skaggs. I was looking at the two star guys before, but there's obviously something not right with you, Darvish. Um, I don't know what it is, but maybe like a two start Sean Nuk- uh, Sean Newcomb's owned in too many leagues. Maybe I take a shot with a two star Luis Castillo, who seems to have figured some things out. Um, Yeah, Danny Duffy's kind of. I'm just going down the. Maybe you know what? I like Lucas Giolito. I might actually do a two star Lucas Giolito over a one star U Darvish if I had that choice. Yeah, Giolito's got the Pirates and the Cubs. Pirates at home, uh, Cubs at Wrigley. Oh, here you go, Uh, Fernando uh, Fernando Romero. I would take two starts of him over U Darvish right now. Oh, okay, and I yeah, okay. He's got the the Cardinals at Bush and uh, the Angels in Anaheim. Yeah, that's nice. I would definitely take that. And really, I think overall, it's a pretty lousy week for two-star pitchers. 
So Romero sort of stands out as a guy who is still fairly widely available and, uh, you know, I think would not be too risky with two starts. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, if I miss out one dazzling you Darvish start, uh, I'm okay with it. With the downside being he's been more bad than good this year and there's just some, something's up. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't think the matchups could really be a whole lot better, though. He's got the the Marlins at home and the White Sox at home. White Sox are a dangerous offense, though. I think it's mostly against lefties, though. I'm going to look it up. I think they've not been that good against righties. Yeah. And I think it was the same thing last year, too. I don't know if it ma- I mean, you Darvish has a 1.57 whip right now. Yeah, he's striking guys out, but, like, I mean, that's that. there's something wrong there. Like, if he had a high ERA, like Tanaka, he doesn't worry me as much because he still has a low whip. I think his whip's still, like, sub-115, um, but his ERA is a little inflated. If Darvish had a low whip, and I know this is kind of, like, childish, and, you know, we're not really getting into the fan graphs stuff, but um, even if you get the first two lines, none of them are good, so... But that's always a good first pass. If you see a, a mismatch between the ERA and WHIP, a lot of times that's a sign that there's there's something amiss. Like you say that with the Tanaka case, he's not putting guys on base, so maybe you know there've been a, a few home runs, maybe some some cheapies, right? You know that have, have uh, that have hurt him. I mean, it's just one scenario, but uh, you know, and then you know, likewise, you might have a guy with a, a three ERA and a one point six WHIP who's got a ninety five percent strand rate. That's true. Or something like that. Yeah. Or so or something like that. <laughs> it's about 265. <laughs> uh, White Sox, I'm looking for, oh, here they, yeah, they're middle of the pack against righties. So okay. it's not, you know, it's not the matchup where you would say, okay, Darvish's looks, you know, looks much safer than normal, but um, it's not a scary one to me either. And the Marlins are dead last in Woba against righties. All right, like, fine. and by a lot. Well, Al, you know <laughs> things. <laughs> fine, would you? But would you do that? I yeah, I would actually. You'd really take a shot at a guy who's been this bad, this consistently, and who has been so good his entire well, career you know, I've, that this would suggest something is very wrong. I've, I've got my. I don't own any Darvish, but I've got my own version, Chris Archer, and he's got two starts next week. Um, and I'm definitely, I did bench Archer this week and it probably would have worked out just fine for me to start him, but I, I'll definitely start Archer next week. Just, you know, because, uh, the, the, the track record and, you know, there, there's been some good for, uh, for, uh, Darvish this year. There's been some good for Archer. And so I'm going to give them way more benefit of the doubt than I would a pitcher that was outside my top 20 to start the year. All right. Fair enough. Just saying. No, I, you know, this is why it's so good. Start- we talked this out. That's right, you know, it's uh, put, putting our heads together. Yeah, but I still am going to bench you, Darvish, just until, like, if he gets two in a row, I'm cool with it. I'm okay missing, like, those two games in the grand scheme of things. I think he could do more harm with a bad outing than he could do good with, like, one awesome outing when I get faith in him again and keep him in there again, and then he blows up again, and then I'm like, why did, you know, why did I listen to Al? Why did I let Al talk me back into this? And then you can, you can grapple with that question then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a couple of starts at dilemmas because, like you know, we were saying. I mean, uh, I, I like the Romero two starts. I kind of like Jose Urania, who's gonna, I think, oppose Darvish in one of those games. Uh, he's got. Let me look this up real quick. Uh, yeah, he's going against Darvish on Tuesday. 
And then uh, Urania gets the Braves, who are, you know, like the, the totally fearsome matchup now all of a sudden. Right. Um, but I, 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 I just like Urania with two starts. You're just, just good enough to, to start with two starts, I think. But uh, I don't think there's a whole lot out there on waivers that really is going to interest me this week. But a couple of guys uh, that are widely owned but have disappointed, much like you, Darvish, uh, Marcus Stroman, he's got a couple of home starts, Mariners and the Red Sox, who are two of the toughest lineups against righties. And so I put to a Twitter poll, would you start Stroman with those matchups next week in a 12-teamer? Only 30% said yes. Really? Because he doesn't strike yeah. people out. I mean, that probably doesn't help the case, is that he's not... I guess you could go back to you, Darvish, and it's not exactly the same thing. And even Chris Archer, to a degree. Like, I, Darvish has an 11-something K per nine. I think Archer's, like, at an 8.5 or 9. Um, I mean, what's Stroman? Like, a 7? You know, I think you could stomach it more uh, if he was getting strikeouts. Usually he's right around there. Or even, like, a yeah. Tanaka. Um, you know, when these guys are blowing up and, and being terrible, uh, at least you could be like, well, you know, if I started him, at least I get those 7 strikeouts. Whereas Stroman, you're like, oh, I started him, he got 4. You know, he didn't help me anywhere. Right. I mean, the thing with Stroman, looking in a better year for Stroman, I mean, he's a guy that, I, to me, is just a no-brainer with two starts because with two starts, you don't care that much about the strikeouts, or at least I don't. Right. Because, what you know, sit him for a one-start guy who, you know, still isn't going to do what he does when he's doubled up. But, um, you know, he's just not been effective, period, so far this year. Right. So I, uh, yeah. you get double the double the damage. Uh, by the way, I think I was wrong about Archer. I want to correct this before we go off the air. Um, yeah, Archer is scheduled to start Sunday, so not two starts next week. And then finally, do we have time for this? We do not have time to talk about Chase Anderson, but only 26% of the people on Twitter said to start him against Cleveland and at Colorado. That makes sense. Nando, thank you for this great hour and for a great idea for uh, a future show. Anytime, Al. Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, good luck with your uh, lineups and your teams, and have a good one.